It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Titans may be looking for some revenge from last January, but indications suggest that Jamar Chase may be ready to go for this Week 12 matchup. Let's cross over with Locked On Titans and get our first look at the matchup. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals. Is James Rapine and myself, Jake Blisco, bringing you daily coverage of your team. Today's episode is Crossover Thursday, so whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your audio device, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow, and we appreciate you making us your first listen. As always, Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. It's the fun and easiest daily fantasy out there just you against the projections no spreadsheet warriors no competing against other players you pick two to five players and if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection and you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry it's so easy you can get your entry in in 60 seconds or less we love prize picks we know you will too and you're going to get a first time deposit bonus up to 100 dollars, 100 matched with promo code locked on. That's prizefix.com, promo code locked on. It is crossover Thursday, and, and let's dive into the crossover real quick. Uh, good news. It's great news. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Jamar Chase practiced and looked pretty good during the open media portion of practice on Wednesday. So we'll see if he practices on Friday, the Bengals dark on Thursday. So we'll, we'll certainly keep you up to date on that. But without further ado, let's dive in. It's Tyler Rowland who will lead us off here on a crossover Thursday with Locked On Bengals and Locked On Titans. The biggest storyline for each team. I'll let you guys kind of take the lead on this one. What, what's the big buzz around Cincinnati right now as we get into this big matchup? It's Jamar Chase. What Jamar Chase is eating for breakfast, what Jamar Chase is eating for Thanksgiving, if Jamar Chase is playing video games or watching football on Thursday, what he's doing uh, on Friday during practice, after practice, before the game, after the game, uh, will he play in the game? It's all it's all about Jamar Chase. And you know, obviously there are other parts of this. The Bengals have won six of eight, much like the Titans after starting 0-2. They've rebounded. But all eyes are on Chase and whether or not he can return. The Bengals are 2-1 and one without him. The offense has found a way to succeed in recent weeks without him. But with him, well, we know they're a much better football team. So that, that's certainly the storyline. Will Jamar Chase play or not? And he looked pretty good on on Wednesday when we saw him. Joe Burrow hinted at uh, at Chase returning, said he expects Jamar to play. So we'll see. Zach Taylor a bit more tight to the vest. But yeah, if Jamar Chase plays, I think that that's a huge storyline going into it. And then obviously all the AFC ramifications between the Titans and, and Bengals as they're both two teams that expect to be playing deep into January. Well, Jake, we have two hosts for the Bengals, and I'd love to take advantage of of uh, both the beautiful minds that we have here from a Bengals perspective. So if you could build off that, what's the 
what's the vibe with uh, the fans in Cincinnati and what they can do in the playoffs? I know they're behind Baltimore right now, but it seems like Cincinnati's got a pretty good team that can challenge Baltimore. Well, what are the expectations, I guess, for this Bengals team right now? I think expectations for fans have been adopted from the fearless leader, Joe Burrow, who said, we've shown that we can beat anybody. They went out and did it last year, at least in the AFC. They, they fell a little bit short in the Super Bowl, obviously, but they feel like they can beat anybody. Obviously, it's in any given Sunday league this year, more so perhaps than I can recall in recent history right, anyway, right. with some of the weird results we're seeing on a weekly basis. And the Bengals suffered some of those weird results early in the season with Joe Burrow playing by far the worst game I think we'll see from him this year in week one coming off the appendectomy against Pittsburgh since right. that time, he's been generally speaking, very good. The last five weeks in particular, very good. So mm -hmm. there's a chance that they're hitting their stride for the playoff stretch and they do need to win a lot of these games where their schedule gets harder. So for the Bengals, the road ahead of them is can you take some games off these other contenders in the AFC to put yourself in position to make a deep playoff run because they have to go through those other AFC playoff teams or likely AFC playoff teams to get there on the other side, Tyler, Tennessee, after perhaps a, a slightly rocky start to the season, maybe they seem again to be the class of the AFC South, a division that never fails to impress me with its ineptitude year in, year out. But uh, taking advantage of it with, as some of the players and coaches have pointed out in Tennessee, a very different crew than the mm -hmm. Bengals faced in the playoffs last year. Obviously, some of the core is still there, but Mike Vrabel pretty impressive in that approach. What's the biggest story going on with Tennessee as the season goes on? Well, I think you're you're right about a lot of stuff in there. The thing about Mike Vrabel is he's going to make sure that this team is prepared. Like they're never going to get outsmarted and outclassed by a large amount on either side of the ball. They're always going to have a smart, sound plan. Whether it works or it doesn't work is a different thing because execution is different than having the plan. But Mike Vrabel is always going to ensure that they have a pretty solid plan. But for the Titans right now, I think the, the big story and the big question for fans is, was the offense we saw against Green Bay for real? The offensive line had one of its best pass-blocking uh, performances of the season. We saw the Titans for the first time in a long time have a healthy complement of wide receivers out there with Traylon Burks, the first-round rookie who can clearly be a game-breaker. He clearly has the talent to uh, elevate the Titans' receiving core from what it was without him. So if you put Traylon Burks out there as a dynamic threat, you have Robert Woods who slides into a, a more comfortable number two position, a guy who doesn't have the full attention on him at all times. Then you have Nick Westbrook-Akina go into a third role, a tertiary role, where he's not asked to be one of your top two receivers and everything kind of falls in line from there. It kind of cures a, a strong ill that the Titans offense had throughout that middle portion of the beginning of the season. So the question has to be, is this Titans offense for real, the one we saw against Green Bay? And I think the real question behind that is, how do the Titans look against a good team? Because so far, depending on how you feel against the Green Bay, about the Green Bay Packers, the Titans haven't beaten a good team. The only teams with winning records they they played this year, they've lost to. So Cincinnati is a good team. We know that. And will this offense be this offense against a good team so that the Titans can compete against the good teams this year? That's clearly the the biggest question going forward for the Titans. 
As far as storylines go, it's been brought up here and a few players have been asked about it. Obviously, the playoff game in January. Revenge factor. Anyone in Nashville entertaining that, saying that this one means more from Ryan Tannehill on down? Or are they dismissing it and giving us the the, the regular football answers that you would probably expect? I am expecting that I heard this week about what you guys heard this week. Mike Vrabel did an exercise. Raise your hand. If you played against the Bengals in the playoffs and there's less than half, you know, of course, a small amount of guys who actually played in that game and everyone's towed the company line of it's not a revenge game, but guys, it's human nature. And we know that there are no more skilled liars than professional athletes and professional sports coaches. I mean, they know how to give us the coach speak or a half truth, I guess you could say. And uh, I think that, while there is merit to saying that the teams have turned over quite a bit and all of that, I think at the end of the day, we know that the, the main players on this team remember that game, remember the last few games that these teams have played against each other that have been close mm-hmm. and hard-fought battles. And I think it's denying human nature to act like they don't think a little bit more about the result of this game because they're still human beings at the end. Of the day. I, I would be. I mean, I would be. If I'm Ryan Tannehill, yeah. right? I mean, he, he's, exactly. he's had a couple rough outings against the Bengals, including the playoff game, and he talked about that. I, I mm-hmm. would want to go out there and outperform Joe Burrow, and it yeah. would motivate me a bit. It just it just would. I, I agree with well, you. Well, and you think about the way the Titans reacted to that loss in the playoffs as a one yes. seed. They were incredibly disappointed. Yes. I, I do not buy for a second that there yep. isn't at least some thought of we let, let's try to reclaim some pride here, right? Yeah. A- after the way they responded, the post game comments, the comments coming mm-hmm. out of Tennessee in the week after the game, that really feels like it is a story to me, but yes. they're going to downplay it. Of course, all week a- until um, maybe after the game, we'll see there. The one other question I had, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you weigh in on that a little bit more as well. We're watching the health of Joe Mixon and of mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, a couple big offensive weapons in Cincinnati. Yes. Is there a similar watch for Christian Fulton and Danico Autry? Do you have a feel for those guys, or is it just not uh, as big of an issue? I would I would be shocked if Danico Autry played in this game. Uh, Fulton, I I think that's up and down. I honestly, if I had to tell you, gun to my head, uh, I I don't think Fulton plays. I am positive that Danico Autry won't play in this game. I would just be absolutely shocked. And Mike Vrabel said earlier in the week that it probably missed some time, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be long-term. So for him to say that early in the week and then him actually play in a game on Sunday immediately after, that would still be a little bit of a stretch. So I wouldn't expect either of those guys to play, but Bud Dupree, Amani Hooker, Elijah Molden, other key pieces to the Titans defense, Ben Jones at center, I would expect those four starters to be back for the Titans, but uh, Autry and uh, Fulton, I would not expect. But with that in mind, starting to kind of zoom into some individual players, we'll get into the matchup portion of today's crossover Thursday. Before we get into it, do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Guys, life doesn't come with a user's manual, and sometimes it's just not working for you, and it's normal to feel like you're stuck. That's why BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, it's secure, it's accessible anywhere, and it's 100% online. I actually used BetterHelp, and it was a fantastic experience. They matched me perfectly to the right therapist for me, and it got me through a, a stressful time 
in my life and I feel better for it. I feel like a better version of myself. And everyone deserves to feel like they are their best and better help make sure that it's easy to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on let's keep things rolling guys by diving into if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle Krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Some key matchups, and we mentioned Jamar Chase a little bit. Um, Let's start there. Who, if Mm -hmm. Christian Fulton is out, would be matched up with, with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And obviously we know the Bengals have weapons on the outside. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the primary concern for the Titans. It's a, it's the perfect matchup to start with because just to set the stage, the Titans defense, I know the numbers will say the past defense hasn't been good, but you have to look beyond the numbers with the Titans defense. They are a very good defense. They've been doing it with a bunch of different pieces in and out. But at the end of the day, the one thing that has hurt the Titans' defense the most is just losing one-on-one contested catch situations on the boundary. Mac Hollins went for like 10 and 150 and a couple tutties for the Raiders in Week 3. Alec Pierce had a four-catch 80-yard game. Alan I know Lazzol, him well. Yes, and Christian Watson <laughs> both had literally catches that were big for the Packers in that game in those exact moments. Christian Watson's touchdown, the first one, and then Lazard gets a catch into the red zone. So on the boundaries, when the Titans play that cover one man where they have that safety lurking to the middle as the robber, they have their linebacker be the intermediate zone guy with one deep safety, and they play man coverage. That's what they like to do when the when the chips are on the table. And you can do that, but when you don't have Fulton, and you have a rookie in Roger McCreary as your top corner, you're putting your guys out to dry if you do that against this Bengals team. They are ideally tailored to take advantage of the Titans' main weakness on defense. So if Fulton doesn't play, I don't think that they will have a guy shadow Chase or stick with Chase. I think they'll just have Roger McCreary on one side, Trey Avery on one side, Elijah Molden on the inside on early downs, and then on passing downs, McCreary on the inside, and then they'll have Trey Avery or Terrence Mitchell and Greg Maben on the outside. I mean, just listen to what we're saying here. If the Titans don't play too high safety and stick in cover four and cover two, they're going to they're gonna get roasted on the outsides, and the Bengals are built to do it, and the Titans are built to be taken advantage by it. So that is the number one matchup, I think, that will decide the game. Is, is that something that Mike Vable's defense is going to do? Are they going to do what they do and, and play single high? Well, what's their track record tell you? Because last time these teams played, mm-hmm. it didn't really matter what Tennessee did in the secondary. I mean, it did, right. obviously. Right. But, right. you know, 
ridiculous production from the defensive front. Obviously, will be different players mm-hmm. in this game with Harold Landry and Danico Autry unavailable, but still really good players. And Jeffrey Simmons uh, just got praised from Brian Callahan on Wednesday as being right up there with Aaron Donald as the most dominant yeah. interior defender in the league. Mm-hmm. The Bengals currently going through a stretch of Cam Hayward, Jeff Simmons, Chris Jones in back-to-back-to-back weeks. So that's fun yeah. for uh, rookie left guard Cordell Volson. But structurally speaking, is that something where – Vrabel shown the the matchup flexibility or seen one of those guys that likes to do what they do? Well, I, you know, Mike Vrabel actually isn't the Belichick coaching tree if we're like doing it technically, even though people kind of associate Mike Vrabel with Bill Belichick because of the playing career. But in this way, he is very Belichickian. So the Titans will do what's best to beat their opponent. Now you make a great point in the previous matchup in the playoffs. Titans just play man coverage if you're going to get pressure that quickly. I mean, what's the point of even playing zone and and allowing things like that to happen? But in this game, like you said, without the Titans having probably Danico Autry and then, of course, Harold Landry, I just don't think that they can rely on getting pressure like that. I don't think you can count on getting nine sacks again without the other two key pieces of the pass rush. And who knows how long Bud Dupree will actually play in the game from what we've seen recently before he goes out again. So. Um, putting a lot of pressure on Jeffrey Simmons. They have in the past few weeks. And uh, I think because of that and not having the stacked pass rush that you had last year, you have to play differently. And, and that's why I think even though the Titans love to play that cover one man, I think Vrabel will be smart about this and he'll go to those two high coverages, play that cover two invert, play standard cover two, play cover four, palms coverages where they split the field and kind of divvy things out in a half-and-half basis. So uh, I think the Titans will do those things. I hope they do those things rather than playing that cover one. I would imagine on third and short situations, they'll still try to do it. Um, But that kind of leads me into my question for you guys in a matchup that I'm watching, and that's that remodeled Bengals offensive line that Mm -hmm. if you look at the raw numbers, 34 sacks, they're in the bottom five, but – that a lot of that was at the beginning of the season and that Steelers game, the Cowboys game so far, at least in my opinion, this Bengals offensive line and pass protection at minimum has really gelled and they're playing some pretty good football. It seems Uh, the only weakness may be Jonah Williams who's given up the nine sacks. Um, Seems like he's, you know, I I believe he's given up more than twice as many sacks as the closest guy um, with nine. So What's going on with Jonah Williams, and do you think that maybe I'm giving the Bengals' offensive line too much credit by saying that they're playing so well, or is that real? He, he. uh, Let's start with Jonah. He might have had his best game of the year uh, against the Steelers, and Mm -hmm. it has been uh, a bit up and down for him. And he played through a dislocated kneecap uh, earlier this year, so that might be part of it. But he, he certainly overall, certainly during the bye, we were saying that he was a disappointment in the first half of the season. They come back from the bye. He plays well against Pittsburgh. So we'll see. Coming into the year, I think we all expected him to be a stabilizing presence at left tackle, and it's been a bit up and down. As far as the offensive line, I think they're okay. I don't think they're as good as as maybe Joe Burrow states when he, he said, and he said this now for multiple weeks, that they've been one of the best units in the league recently, and he's just throwing praise upon praise upon praise on right. them. Uh, so I wouldn't go that far, but they also aren't the unit that Titans fans saw in, in January. Mm-hmm. And and that's the more important thing, because I, I think they're good enough 
to where this offense can function and function even if a, a TJ Watt like last week is on the other side with a Cam Hayward and a guy like Alex Highsmith on the other side, right? Multiple pass rushers that can really wreck a drop back passing team. And they were able to hold up enough to let Joe Burrow do what Joe Burrow can do when he's seeing the field well. So it's it's going to be an interesting test, especially a guy like Jeffrey Simmons literally wrecked the game and the Bengals obviously escaped, but wrecked their offense. It was not right. a, a happy offense at the end of that 19 to 16 win that's uh it's a really good test for them but so they they've been better uh maybe not up to the expectations coming into the season but they've been better in recent weeks and if they continue to trend upward obviously sky's the limit for this offense but this is uh this is going to be another tough test especially on the road i would add on to that as well by saying that i think joe burrow has covered some things up and we talked about this a lot on locked on bengals yesterday uh when we did our film takeaways his timing against the Steelers the second time around was nearly perfect. There's so many instances where he's getting the ball out accurately on time right before he gets hit. There's some other games earlier this year where you see him getting sped up a little bit. So there's still a lot of pressure, I think. Um, and I think in this game, it's it's Jeff Simmons and, and Bengals rookie left guard Cordell Volson. I think that that is a very positive matchup for Jeffrey Simmons and a big test. For Cordell Volson, who mm-hmm. wasn't quite as good as, as I thought. I thought he held up okay against Cam Hayward last week. Then I watched the tape, and it wasn't so pretty. Right. So I, I do think that that is the matchup to watch. The Bengals have had a lot of issues, though, with edge guys. And so when you talk about Jonah Williams, three sacks against Cleveland, Miles Garrett, two sacks in week one, and, and a whole bo- whole bunch of pressures. Had a bad time with Alex Highsmith in week one. Outside of that, he's been pretty okay for the most part. But – it's been up and down for him, like James said. So we'll see how that goes this week. Well, the last thing that I wanted to ask you, you talked about doing a film review. So I guess we'll just do this quickly before we move on to kind of predicting what we might see in the game. Uh, Jesse Bates seems to own Ryan Tannehill. Every time they play, he gets an interception. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Bengals, where they have been dealing with injuries, some in the secondary. So you have Cam Taylor Britt out there, correct? And then, of course, Eli Apple on the other side, who – you know, he's a polarizing guy in the NS- NFL sphere. So uh, what are the Bengals doing in coverage with with these, you know, with Cam Taylor Britton there and some some injuries? Are they doing anything different or what are they doing coverage wise that could confuse Ryan Tannehill? Go ahead, Jake. Uh, yeah, so I don't think they've necessarily changed things a ton. I think that like mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans, that they're going to be a team that is going to be very matchup dependent. You look at their week-to-week mm-hmm. coverage breakdowns. If you're charting their defense, it's going to be very different on a week-to-week basis. Against and, and it might be even different from a half to a half. Against Kenny Pickett and the Steelers last week, the Bengals started the game with a lot of blitzing, a lot of simulated pressure, a lot of creepers, trying to confuse Kenny Pickett. Didn't go very well. Second half, not so aggressive with the blitzing. Kenny Pickett maybe is the kind of quarterback who has to see it open. And the productivity for the Steelers offense falls off in the second half. So the Bengals are going to come out there probably prepared again to deal with Derrick Henry as they were in the playoffs last year. We saw what their approach was in that game schematically. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. It doesn't seem like the Titans are a terribly different offense this year, just in terms of Derrick Henry still makes things go. There's still going to be a play action right. team in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So, for Lou and Arumo's guys, I think it's the same idea. And for the Bengals, a lot of that from a matchup perspective falls onto DJ Reader's shoulders again. And I think he's still trying to get his feet back underneath him coming off of an injury that caused him to miss some time. He just returned from IR 
last week, but I know he has a lot of experience playing the Titans and he'll be up for this one. But guys, let's get into some of those predictions. It's a little bit early in the week and it, it's, it's, it's tough. Playoff rematch. Let's talk predictions coming up next. But first, a word from Bet Online because Bet Online is a one stop shop for all things sports wagering. Whether you're a Bengals fan, whether you're a Titans fan, you probably think that your favorite team is going to win on Sunday. You, you're going to watch the game anyways. Maybe you're going to the game. I know a lot of Bengals fans making that trip. And obviously, Titans fans, if you're listening to Lock on Titans, you might be going. Well, if you're watching it, if you're going, you might as well wager on it and win money in the process. And that's where Bet Online comes in because from NFL to NBA to college football to college basketball, they have you covered with the latest props, odds, and so much more. So don't delay. Go to Bet Online now. Sign up for free today and get to winning. I've used them and you should too at Bet Online, where the game starts. Do want to tell you guys about Simply Safe as well. Simply Safe Home Security is the number one rated home security system. Uh, I have Simply Safe. It's fantastic. They pair wonderful technology. They have outdoor cameras, indoor cameras, break glass sensors, motion sensors, door entry sensors, and you can control everything that you have directly from an app on your phone. They pair that wonderful technology with 24-7 professional monitoring agents. And in an emergency, those professional monitoring agents use that fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. With the news that Jamar Chase might play in this game, maybe your perception of how the game will go has changed. I don't know. I'm going to ask you guys. Tyler, let's start with you. How do you see this game going? This is going to be at least two out of three straight years the Bengals will play the Titans in Tennessee because they traveled mm -hmm. to Tennessee next year in the regular season as well. That's already an assigned game. So in number two of at least three, they might play in the playoffs as well. How do you see this game going? Well, I think that I think that the Titans offense is is improved from what we saw early in the year. So some of what we saw on offense against Green Bay is real, but I, I think the reality is this Bengals defense is a lot better than maybe some people know. Um, their ability to make adjustments at halftime is just top tier. Um, Lou Anarumo, am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Anarumo. Uh, you could also, Anarumo? You could also call yeah. him Mad Scientist Lou if you want. <laughs> uh, I'll leave that to you guys in the Locked On Bengals podcast. But no, he does a fantastic job. And I think the Bengals had a pretty good plan against the Titans before. If the Titans go heavy personnel, they run 6-1 and bring a safety up. And if the Titans go three wide receiver at all, they're still going to leave five on the line of scrimmage a lot of the time. And and make it tough for the Titans to do those double teams on the line of scrimmage and get to the second level, kind of squeeze the interior while also having cutback and edge protection on both sides. It just makes it tough. It's kind of similar to what the Packers have tried to do to the Titans and, and make it tough for them to, to run the ball. Uh, I guess the reality of what it comes down to to me is the Bengals' secondary is going to be able to execute a lot better than the Packers' secondary. So if the Titans don't dominate 
on the ground. The Titans' passing game is going to have to step up and win, and I'm just a little worried uh, about that. On the other side of it, the Titans don't have the pass. The Titans got nine sacks in the playoffs and still couldn't finish Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, with a lesser pass rush and a banged-up secondary that's more hurt than in the playoff, the defense is worse in the pass rush and in the secondary than it was in the playoff game. Mm -hmm. And the Bengals' offensive line is a little bit improved. So you put all that together, and I don't see how you could come out thinking that the Titans will be able to hold the Bengals to 19 points or fewer. And I don't know if the Titans on this Bengals defense can score more than that. So I I, I don't mind to go, to go out there now. I'm going to take the Bengals 24 to 17 in this game. Uh, I, I think the Bengals are able to get a few turnovers on Ryan Tannehill. And it kind of uh, gives the Bengals a good opportunity to get some score, uh, some scores, get over twenty points, like a lot of people haven't been able to do against the Titans since the the Bills game. And uh, I think the Bengals do end up winning the game. It, it should be close. I could see it not being so close as well, but I think twenty four seventeen feels about right for me. Yeah, I think you hit on some of the main things there, and, and throughout the pod, you've mentioned Jesse Bates, and I go back to twenty twenty. Yes when Bates had the interception in the red zone on Ryan Tannehill, they were playing in, in Cincinnati at Pecor stadium. And it was early was on the ba- the Bengals had, yeah, the Bengals had one win and mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it really gave them the momentum to beat the Titans and the Titans obviously had way higher expectations than the Bengals that season. Yep. And afterwards, Jesse Bates talked about tells little tells that Ryan Tannehill had on film. Oh, and then man, when you go back man. to last year, first play, hey, again, yep. it, it, interception again. So, uh-huh. If you ask Bengals fans whether it's fair or not, I think a lot of them, especially with this contract situation, would say, oh, Jesse Bates, he's underachieved this year. And I don't necessarily think that's the case, but that's what some would say. This is a big Jesse Bates-type game because mm-hmm. as you were talking about the secondary, man, they miss Chido Bayouzier. That, that's yep. just – we have Eli Apple on one side, Cam Taylor Britt on the other, Mike Hilton, you feel really good about him. But it's just – it's not the same unit without Cheeto. And so is this the Bates game where he's able to step up and make plays? I, I think that that's certainly an interesting storyline. How the Bengals handle Derrick Henry obviously goes without saying. I think Bates is going to have to make a couple of big plays, I guess, if the Bengals mm-hmm. – uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. If the Bengals are going to win this game. Flip side, I think it's unrealistic to expect Jamar Chase to go from load management essentially with crutches. He wasn't like – when people hear crutches, they hear like leg up and stuff. He was never doing that. It was just to help that bone heal quicker. But that load, load management stuff that he was doing on crutches for the past four weeks, to go from that to being a game breaker on Sunday. That being said, he's a freak, and maybe he does that. Right. That's but, what I'm thinking. <laughs> right. Like he's certainly capable. I mean, the last time we saw him, yeah. he was dominating Atlanta secondary a week after dominating the Saints secondary, and that was after he suffered the injury, at least partial, uh, a partial injury. So, yeah, I think – um that part of it's going to be interesting because this offense is gelling without him right now. Do they use him as more of a decoy? How does that work? But Joe Burrow's cooking, and does that translate on the road? It, it should in a, in a hostile environment. Right. I mean, that was such a crazy game, and it, it takes me back to January. I'm having flashbacks just thinking about it and talking about these two teams matching up. So uh, it's it's tough. If, if I had to make an official prediction right now, I told myself I, I've been picking – especially the first half of the season. The Bengals underachieved the first half of the season. And I was picking them to win because I thought they were going to win these games. Mm -hmm. And half of them they lost, right? This game is more of a toss-up to me. I was leaning Titans coming into the week. 
I'm not sure exactly how I'm leaning now with the Jamar Chase potentially playing news because I honestly, up until Monday, I didn't think it was necessarily going to happen. And then Monday, right. y- you get a little intel and it feels like it could. So we'll see there. But I, I was leaning Titans coming into the week. So I'll, I'll hold off. I think it's going to be a field goal game either way. Mm-hmm. So uh, who's Randy Bullock's backup? Whoever Randy Bullock's uh, backup is, get ready because it's hit it looks like uh, Money Mac. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be undrafted free agent uh, Caleb Shudik from Iowa. He does have a bigger leg than uh, than Bulletproof Bullock, as I like to call him. Bulletproof uh, Bullock. Bulletproof Bullock, baby. Uh, oh, man. But, uh, yeah, he, he's got a bigger leg, but he is a rookie uh, rookie kicker coming off PUP. So uh, I think you'd rather rather have the consistency of, of Randy over the, the unknown. Consistency? Hey, man, he has not been bad for I, the Titans. I, Just don't ask him to kick more than 48 yards. Or in the clutch, right? You know what we call him? We call him. He's made some game-winning kicks for the Titans, though. You know, I gotta, I gotta mention it. My calf is cramping. Just listening to you talk about bullets. That's what he's out with: calf injury. So is he really? Oh my god! Yes, it's not both of them this time, though. You know what? I wish, I wish Randy well. We're we're making some jokes at Randy's expense here, (laughs) which I mean, he was he was anti-clutch for the Bengals, so you know it is what it is. But yeah. Man, he just missed another game winner with you talking, Jake. I don't know what you're I, I think that this is going to be an <laughs> interesting like you, game for both kidding. teams. The, the the interesting thing for me about the Bengals' offense in this game is the Steelers' defense, good on paper. The Titans' defense, good collectively, maybe not statistically, but just yeah. a disciplined group. Yes. The results are there for them on a points-per-game mm-hmm. basis like you talked about, Tyler. So. And the Bengals keep their offense rolling, not against the Steelers, who are awful, even if they have good players on defense, and not against an AFC right. South or sorry, NFC South opponent, which is where they've scored 30 plus points in three out of their last four 30 point games. So that part's really interesting to me. On the other side, Tyler, you're expressing some doubt in the Titans offense. And for the Bengals, they need to bounce back on defense because mm-hmm. of the units of the Steelers, the offense is a putrid one. And that's why that team is so bad. Right. And they just gave up. 23 points while the game was in contention, but 30 points total to the Steelers. And all that's essentially in the first half. So this is a game to me where you give up 20 first half points. Maybe you're not in a position to be a second half team and get yourself out of it the way they were against the Steelers, where they were comfortable in the second half getting to that win. And the the entirety of this game is going to feel pretty important to me. I think it is a game where you're going to have to play four quarters and, and the winner of the game could come down. To, I think to it's, that sort of thing. I think it's going to be a grinded out type. I, I remember seeing Burrow. It could be. Just like after the – and obviously you get sacked nine times and you're yeah. harassed the whole time. So They make it tough. The defense does a good job of making it tough no matter who you are. We saw them limit the Chiefs to only 20 points, and that was with the Titans' backup quarterback and an offense that couldn't sustain a drive whatsoever in the second half. So uh, I think it's definitely going to be a fantastic game. And I think both these teams, if we're honest about it, and you look at who they've beaten, both of these teams don't have a murderer's row uh, for their wins. They haven't beaten a lot of good teams. So mm-hmm. I, I think this will be a, a nice uh, a nice chip uh, for whichever team wins is, hey, you know, we not only do we beat all these other scrubby teams, but we beat a really good team as well. So I think that'll be important. But with that, uh, fantastic crossover conversation. Uh, always good when the Titans and the Bengals meet and uh, some of the smartest people in the entire network here, James and, and Jake from Locked on Bengals. Thank you guys for uh, for having this conversation. Hopefully, 
Anybody who's celebrating Thanksgiving had a good Thanksgiving as well, but that's going to do it for us. Enjoy the weekend of football and everybody be safe. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.